Welcome to the Highway Church Podcast. We're excited that you would join us today and hope you're encouraged by the message you hear. If you'd like to know more, visit our website, highway.com.au. Before we take our seats, I want to read 2 Kings chapter 6, 1-7. It says this, The company of the prophets said to Elijah, Look, the place where we meet with you is too small for us. Let us go down to the Jordan where each of us can get a pole and let us build a place there for us to meet. And he said, go. Then one of them said, won't you please come with your servants? I will, Elijah replied, and he went with them. They went to the Jordan, began to cut down trees. As one of them was cutting down a tree, the iron ax head fell into the water. Oh no, my Lord, he cried out, it was borrowed. The man of God asked, where did it fall? When he showed him the place, Elijah cut a stick and threw it in there and made the iron float. Lift it out, he said. Then the man reached out his hand and took it. Let me pray. Father God, I thank You for Your worship. I thank You, Lord, for Your praise. Thank You, Lord, for Your Word. I thank You, Lord, that as we read that Word just then, that it is alive and breathing, that Lord is prophesying into the atmosphere tonight, that the Word that we've just read, Father God, would speak to our minds, our hearts, our spirits, our situations, our problems and our pains tonight. Father God, we just set our our mind to You. I pray, Father God, that as we read Your Word tonight, that Lord, it it would divide the things that need to be cut off of our lives. It would cut away the things, the mindsets, the labels, Lord, that have been trying to attach itself onto our life. And Father God, we come to You and we come humbly to You and we ask that, Lord, You would fill this place with Your glory and Your power and Your presence as only You can. Father God, we haven't come to hear a man preach. We haven't come to see a band perform. But Father God, we've come to hear the Word of the Lord. We have come to meet with You afresh tonight. And Lord, I pray that, Lord, we would have an encounter with You that changes our lives in Jesus' mighty Name. And everybody said, Amen. Why don't you take your seats today, church? It's so good to have you here at our first 4 p.m. Who was late today? No, I'm not going to point you out. It's okay. If you are late, it's okay. There's a grace period. Um, no, we've got grace for that. Um, but 4 p.m., first one back for the forever, actually. And uh, we're so excited that you would be here. If you are visiting, a massive welcome to you. My name is Dan. I'm part of the team here. And I'm going to share the Word tonight from that Scripture I've just read in 2 Kings. So you can follow there if you would like. Before we get there, you may be wondering what the heck happened to your hair. Um, I'm going to say youth happened to my hair. Um, this morning we raised some funds. Poppy's already declared what's happened, but we're just so thankful for every single person that contributed with that. And um, if you're sending your kid on youth camp, thank you for trusting us with them. And um, me and Josh here, we went, um, it's a zero, like just all over. And um, as I was preparing today, I felt the word of the Lord come to me from 2 Kings 2.23. And it says, from there, Elisha went up to Bethel. As he was walking along the road, some boys came out of town and jeered at him, get out of here, baldy. They said, get out of here, baldy. He turned around, looked at them and called down a curse on them in the name of the Lord. Then two bears came out of the woods and mauled 42 of them. Don't pick on us. Don't pick on us. There's prote- there. Don't pick on us. <laughs> I sent that to the boys. I'm like, in, in case you need it, you can use this. It's scriptural. Um, that's the verse we could preach from right here, right now. <laughs> I'll save that one for youth. They'll love it. Hey, um, I want to talk to you about cutting edge tonight. You know, as a church, we've been called to be a cutting edge church. 
Not mediocre, not halfway in between, but God has actually called us and created each and every generation represented here tonight to be used by Him in this time, at this hour. That if we're living, if we have breath in our lungs, if we have life in us, we are called to this time, for this period, to distribute something from heaven down to earth. We are called to bring the kingdom of heaven here with us. The kingdom of heaven is countercultural. When the world says hate, the kingdom of heaven says love. When the world says judge, the kingdom of heaven says there's grace that covers all. When the kingdom of heaven says bow the knee, when the world says bow the knee, the kingdom of heaven says stand. The kingdom of heaven is to be established in His church at this hour. And guess what? We get to be a part of doing that today as His believers. Here today, are we excited about that? We get, we get to be a part of the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven is not something that's coming. It's something that is already here, thanks to Jesus. And it's something that we get to be a part of building today. See, as a believer, we are meant to be conduits between heaven and earth. We are meant to have something from heaven being poured into our life and being released through our life to those around us. We're not meant to be people who are ashamed or people who are scared to stand out, but we are actually called to be people who want to be used by God. Used by God. And it's easy to say, hey, I wanna be used until you feel used by God. But that's the greatest blessing and that's the greatest privilege. A lot of people say, hey, I just want God to use me. The question is, do we really want God to use us? Maybe not. See, being used by God requires us to have a cutting edge. I wanna talk about that tonight. Matthew 16, 18 says, now I want to say that you are Peter, that Jesus is talking to one of the disciples, and upon this rock I will build my church and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. In other words, Jesus is looking at Peter and says, I'm gonna build something upon your life that nothing can stand against. And if Jesus was in the room here tonight, he would say the exact same thing to each and every one of us. He wants to build something through us and in us that is unshakable. But we have to be aware that there is an enemy who opposes the things that God wants to do. There are weapons that have been formed against you. We know the scripture, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. Do you know what that actually tells us? That there is a weapon formed against us, a specific weapon for a specific person in a specific point in time has been formed against you. We don't need to fear it, but we need to know it so that we can stand in faith and stand against it and declare the word of the Lord. See, God wants to use His church. He wants to build a strong church. He doesn't want to build a mediocre, weak, no feeble or unsteadfast. He wants to build a strong, steadfast church that know how to follow Him. And the reason I love this story found in 2 Kings is because Elisha is a prophet and he has these men around him who he's taken into this school, a company of prophets they call themselves. And they come to Elisha saying, this place is too small. That's a great place to be. When we're, when we're being led, you know the best thing we can do for Pastor Byron Ann as our spiritual leaders is to say, hey, the place is too small. This church is too small. Our vision's too small. When, and not just say it, but actually have something to do and be a part of what they wanna build. I love the fact that the people come to their leader and go, hey, it's too small, we gotta take more ground. Church, we have to be aware of the need for God to move in our life. And we have to be aware that 
it's about us, it's about our family, it's about our generations. You know, we have lots of different generations represented here in the room. And Highway's always been a generational church. And the thing I love about it is that the different generations working together one by one, like connected in one thing called Jesus. I love the fact that we're a generation, we're a family church. See, I believe God has called His church to be cutting edge, but we need to choose to extend the territory that we've been given. See, our life will count for something. Were we people of faith? Were we people who extended what God was already doing? Were we people, would God look to us and say, those people use what I gave them well and they increased it? So many people are into maintaining and maintaining is for a season, but God is the God of increase. He is the God of exponentially more than we hope, dream, or imagine. Maintaining is for a season, but there is faith for the vision of what God is doing today. The church would be built. It is an important thing that we understand that because what we are building, we will occupy. Let me give you a story. I'm gonna I love this illustration, and I think it just explains so perfectly the opportunity that we have as the church here today now. Um, and it's a bit of a story, but there's a CEO and there's a foreman. These two guys, they're best friends, and they go into business together, and obviously the CEO, the business-minded friend, he becomes the company manager and CEO of the company, this building company, and the foreman starts to build these homes. They're a building business, and they start to build these homes, and over 20 years, the CEO, he gets quite wealthy because the business is booming. And as they're booming, the, the, the chippy, the foreman, he starts to get a little bit envious of the CEO's wage. Even though he's getting paid really well, the CEO is getting paid a little bit more. And so he starts to get a little bit envious, thinking, why, why are you getting more than me? I'm the one on the tools. But, but eventually what happens is the CEO, after 20 years, wants to retire. And he turns to his, his chippy, his foreman friend, he says, hey, would you build me a house? He said, and when you build this house, as I retire, I want you to spare no expense. I want you to use the best tiles, the best, the best paint, the best. I want you to put the pool in, the sauna in, the plunge pool in, every single thing you can put in, I'll do it. Do not spare an expense. This is my retirement package that I'm going to occupy. And I want you to build it because you're the best builder I know. Little does he know that there's that envy in the foreman's heart. And so the foreman starts to build this house. And as he's doing it, he starts to cut some corners. He wants some more profit, so he starts to cut the corner. He doesn't get the best carpet. He doesn't get the best tiles. He doesn't get the pool. He, he cuts. He gets the spa, um, but nothing's exponentially great. And it comes day for the turnover, and the, the foreman passes the keys to the CEO. He says, there you go. Here's your house. And the CEO takes the keys, and he passes it right back. He says, you thought you were building the house for me, but really, you were building the house for you. That's why I wanted to bless you. <laughs> you see, what we build, we, we will occupy See, we think we're building the house for God. We're really building the house for us. God and us. The, the, your family and the generations that will flow through you will occupy the church that we build today with God. So we can, we can draw ourselves back. We're doing this all for God. No, no, there's a part of you that's doing this for you too and the generations that will flow from you. So let's not cut the, let's not spare an expense. Let's not cut corners, church. Let's not cut corners in what we do and why we do it, but let's give our 110% effort into what God has called us to do. God has not called us to be corner-cutting Christians. He has called us to be cutting edge believers in his church here today and now. So how do we grow? Because it's easy to live a life and say, hey, we wanna grow. But you know what? Growth is a choice. 
Growth is something that we have to choose to do as individuals. Growth is something that will not just happen. It's something that we set our minds to and we say, hey, I wanna grow in my character. I wanna grow in my, in my vision for my life. I wanna grow in my management skills. I wanna grow in my strength. I wanna grow whatever you wanna do. If you want growth, there will be pain attached and there will be a choice involved. But if we want growth, we need to be willing to see the need that is around us. I look around this church, I see generations, I see a need for growth because there is not enough people in his church. There is not enough people connected, blessed, pulled into the presence of God and there is a need to grow when we become evident of that. See, we need to see the need for enlargement. Verse six says, the company of prophets said to Elijah, look, the place where we meet is too small. Let us go to the Jordan. The Jordan represents transition. So wherever we see the Jordan in the Bible, it's representing a transition point. You know, when they go to the Jordan, they start to clear the land, they start to cut down some things, but it's representing a transition point for those people. And I believe that tonight would hopefully be a transition point for us as a church to say, hey, I'm not waiting for growth to come. I see the need for growth. I feel the need for growth. God has planted the need for growth in my heart. I am not just building a church for God. I'm also building a church for the generations that will flow through me. As for me and my kids, they will not inherit a weak church, but they will inherit a strong, healthy church. As for me and my family, we will stand on what the Word of the Lord is for our people. Have we noticed the need to enlarge? Isaiah 54, we say this a lot at Highway, but it's one of our foundation verses. Enlarge the place of your tent, stretch out the curtains wide, do not hold back, lengthen your cords, strengthen your stakes. The word is stretch. Stretch is painful. Stretch is, is sometimes inconvenient. Stretch is the thing that sometimes you don't feel like doing, but it's not until you stretch that we realize the strength found in God. See, the, the moments in my life where I've felt the presence of God the most are in the moments where I feel the most stretched. If I'm not stretching, I'm not relying on Him. I can rely on my own understanding. I can rely on my own strength. I can rely on my own energy. But there's moments where I feel like I'm stretched and that's the moment where the peace surpasses my understanding, where the strength of the Lord is found in my weakness. And I believe that that is what He's calling His church to be, become more, um, become more comfortable with that stretch in us. See, when we look at families around, we see that divorce rates are over 50%. Now, when we see that, we can just hear about it or we can have that break a piece of our heart to such a point where we feel the need to start seeing, to start praying for families, start praying for marriages, start praying that families would be united in Christ. We look at the mental health pandemic right now across young adults and teenagers. We are in a mental health pandemic. The pandemic has ended, but there's another pandemic that has come as a result. More young people today are depressed, anxious, whatever it is, because of what's been happening, and they are, it's absolutely crazy, but we can either just see that stat, or we can claim that God would start to reverse that stat. We can start getting around people. We can start declaring and prophesying and bringing hope and life where there is no life. You see, we've got to ask God to break our hearts for what breaks His heart. You see, we cannot become assimilated into culture or just hear the things, the terrible things that are happening and not have our hearts broken as a result. We need to allow them to break our hearts. If we want to grow, we need to be willing to get our hands dirty. Verse three says, then one of them said, won't you please come with your servants? 
I will, Elijah replied, and he went with them. Then they went to the Jordan and began to cut down trees. Now that's not fun. The cutting down the trees is, is hard work. It's not easy. It's, I don't know if you've ever cut down trees before, but you get, you get everything all over you. It's uncomfortable and you get bugs and everything like that. It's hard work. But I love that they didn't just come to Elisha with a problem. They came with an answer. Well, let us be people who don't just go to God with a problem, but we actually ask God for us to be the answer. Let us be the type of people who don't just go, hey, this is happening. Have you seen what, this is so bad. What is the church doing? No, 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 I'm coming with an answer. I'm coming with effort. I'm coming with something that God has planted on my heart. Let's not be let it happen people. Let it happen people, the type of people who will have faith, but no works. They can pray, but there's nothing attached to their prayers. And as we know, faith without works is dead. Let it happen. No, no, no. We can't be let it happen people. We can't be what's happened people. Like they rock up when the job's done. They're like blisters. They'll rock up once all the hard work's done. There's a, you know, what happened? Oh, well, the work's done and they rock up. We can't be what happened people. We have to be make it happen people. Well, we attach our faith to works and as a result, there's something that God is doing on the earth today. We have to be make it happen people if we want growth. You see, one of the things I love is the ability to serve people through ways that they didn't expect. One of the great privileges um, that the youth team have at the moment is to be serving pancakes, is to be serving the teenagers of this next generation. And one of the things that we see is that when we serve them, the walls come down. The walls come down. When we show up in unexpected situations, circumstances, something happens and their, their minds are shifted towards who the church is and what we, what we carry. And so I, I guess the encouragement is let's not be afraid to get our hands dirty with what God has called us and positioned us to do. What are you passionate about? What does God wanna do through your life? We can be the answer to the prayers that we're praying. Isn't that great? That God doesn't say, hey, you have to wait for me. No, no, God says, okay, my hand's upon you. I'm ready for you to move. I'm ready, I'm ready when you are. So God wants us to be people who are willing to get our hands dirty if we want growth. See, sometimes we would rather look busy doing completely useless tasks in order that we would not have to do the significant work that God has prepared for us. And we've all been there. We all know people like that. Like they're just doing something and you're like, what are you doing? Like how, I work with teenagers. I know, I, I see it. How is it taking you that long? Oh, I'm doing it. Yeah, you're not uh, doing it. Yeah, yeah. But sometimes we're a bit like that with God. We would rather look busy. We would rather look busy, working hard, doing what we're called to do, when really we're actually, we're shunning the thing that God's actually called us to do. The significant thing that would change lives. We would rather look busy than to, than to be used for God. If we want to grow, if we want to grow, we need to be willing to take our edge back, and the edge, if I can have the band back, is our anointing. Effort doesn't mean anything if you're not anointed. You need effort and anointing and change break. In fact, if you have only effort, then you, you will burn out. If you have effort with a no anointing, it's only a matter of time until you start to burn out. I love that the scripture says, 2 Kings 6, 5, as one of them was cutting down a tree, the iron axe head fell in the water. Oh no, my Lord, he cried, it was borrowed. 
The man of God asked, where did it fall? When he showed him the place, Elisha cut a stick and threw it in there and made the iron float. Lift it out, he said. Then the man reached out his hand and took it. I love that scripture because I just imagine this man, he's faithfully working the field that he feels he needs to work. He is faithfully doing what he feels God has called him to do. He has, he has seen the need. He has got the passion on the inside to extend the kingdom. He has got passion on the inside to grow. And he is doing the thing that he feels God has called him to do and something breaks. See, the anointing will cause things in your life to become able for you to walk through. When the anointing is on your life, it won't matter necessarily what you are doing, how hard you are working or what's happening because the anointing of God covers you. And that, that man in this story, he has a decision to make. He can just keep on swinging the stick that was now broken or he could go to Elijah and said, I, have, I am missing my cutting edge. I am missing the thing that I need to do what you've called me to do. I am missing the thing that I need to take the territory that I feel we're going to take. And many of us, we don't mind just hitting the stick, hitting the stick, hitting those things with the, knowing that we've missed the edge, knowing that we don't carry the anointing in that season. But there's something that happens when we come to God and we say, God, I need your anointing. I need your presence. See, your effort without the edge equals burnout, but with the anointing, it changes everything. See, God's always willing to bring you back into your anointed space into the anointed place where you feel like you're walking in the will of God. The will of God is not easy and it's not convenient, but the will of God is fulfilling and it will cause you to grow. The will of God is not the most easy option. So we can get that out of our mind. It's not the thing that we necessarily even want to do, but the will of God will cause us to take one step after another, after another in the anointing. You see, David found the anointing by doing faithfully what God had called him to do. David did not find the anointing by pursuing it necessarily from man's perspective. When Samuel came to anoint the future king, it was David who was out in the field doing what he was called to do faithfully. Everybody had forgotten about David because he didn't look the part, didn't sound the part, didn't, didn't have the right um, birthright to be anointed as the future king. And yet Samuel, when he rocks up, he sees all the older brothers. He says, nah, 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 nah. Where is another? You must have another son. He was forgotten about and yet the anointing found David even in the field. Think the anointing can't find you tonight? It can. The anointing can find you for the season that you find yourself in. The anointing can find you for the workplace that you find yourself in. The anointing can find you for the school that you find yourself in, for the, for the university that you find yourself in. What does the anointing do? Good question. The anointing is the favour of God on your life to be the church. The anointing is the favour of God in your life to achieve everything that He has planted in your heart. The anointing is the favour of God in your life to bring energy to your dead bones, to your dried up passions, to the things that nobody says you can't do anymore. The anointing will cover it all. The anointing when it falls breaks chains. It's not your effort, but it's the anointing and effort combined that starts to change some things. You see, we would do well to understand that the only edge we really need more than anything else in this day and age, the edge before anything else is the anointing that God has placed on every individual in this room. I tell you what, we could walk out with a great experience of church, but if we walk out anointed, 
the world changes. When we walk out anointed, things start to shift. When you walk out anointed, something would happen in these rows that as we walk out, people will be coming in. When we walk out anointed, something starts, people, it's a linger in the air on your life. We walk out anointed, when you walk into your workplace, people go, what has happened to you? It's hard to get the anointing off. Have you ever tried to get oil out of a shirt? You can't. When you get the oil on you, the anointing on you, it changes you. It changes you. It changes you. Changes your perspective, changes your mindset, changes your heart. You think you can't forgive that person? You can in the anointing. You think you can't do it? You think you're not bold enough? You can in the anointing. You think you're not wise enough? You think you don't have all the brains? You can in the anointing. Thousands and thousands of people would testify. Thousands and thousands of people would say, I don't know what happened, but when I felt the presence of God, something changed. The anointing can heal our bodies. The anointing can heal our minds. The anointing, when the anointing comes down, everything changes. And His praise comes down. So where do you find the anointing? You find the anointing in the presence of God. Proximity is our problem. We are aware of God as much as we would like. We are in relationship with God as much as we would like. We are as close to God as we would like. I don't know about you, but I desire proximity. You have pain? I'm gonna say proximity is the issue. You have some problems? Proximity is the issue. Close the distance between you and God because you will find there is anointing in that place that is the cutting edge for your life. You will find that when you get that cutting edge on your life, things will start to move and you didn't put in the effort, you didn't necessarily do all the work, but God will start to shift some things in the atmosphere of your life. You'll start to feel the favour of God rest upon you. You'll walk through doors that you didn't think you would walk through. You'll have things come to you that you didn't even ask for. What was it? It was the anointing. And you know the great thing about being anointed? The great thing about being anointed is this. You can't take the glory because naturally, as humans, we want the glory, don't we? We can say it, we want the glory. There is something called flesh in us that wants to be glorified. But when you walk in the anointing, understanding that yes, you put effort in, but there was God all over it, He can only get the glory. I don't know about you, but I don't wanna be a part of a church that, that, that built something human, human possible. I want to be part of a church and part of people who say, hey, I want to see God do something that only He can get the glory for. Because when He gets the glory, it won't be pointed to, hey, that person did something great. It'll be God did something great. It won't be, hey, it was their planning. It was their way they managed that. It was what they were doing. It was the style of the service. It was the moment with the keys. No, no, no. It was the anointing. And God would get all the glory for that. How are you going to build your business? Anointed. How are you going to reach your friends in your school? Anointed. How are you going to do what God's called you to do in this season? You're going to do it anointed and it's going to start to rest on your life, the favour of God. Can I just get everyone to stand up? In this place, I, I was praying before and I was asking God, I was really praying that there'd be a new anointing rest on people when we leave today. And um, actually, I, I did feel Alex and Lana, I felt God is releasing a new anointing on your life and your family in this season. I feel like your family is anointed and God's actually just releasing a new level of anointing and a new level of His power and a new level of His authority. And what God has, 
You've been faithful with the little and God's about to trust you with much more than you feel like you could even handle. There's an anointing on your life as a couple. There's anointing over your kids. There's a passion over your life. And I believe God's anointing is about to find you because you've, you've positioned yourself in proximity to Him and His anointing is about to find you for the season ahead. And there's been some things you've been walking through and you'll be like, I don't know how we're gonna get there, but God's hand is upon you and He is moving you and He is He is moving you into the wide open pastures of His provision and of His grace for this next season. I really felt that. Um, I feel like the anointing in this place is just about to come down as we lift Him up. And so, in fact, Brent, I believe there's anointing on your life that you're in a season where you feel transition happening and you feel growth happening and you feel God has placed you in a peculiar season, but you're not a man who, who's scared of the impossible. You're not a man who, who, when other people go, that's a stupid decision, why would you do that? You're like, oh, I'll give it a crack because I believe God. And I just believe this next season is gonna be attached to your next yes in faith for what God has actually called you to do. And I know you've already, I feel like in the last week, God's spoken to you. And I, I pray there's this confirmation even right now for that next thing that God has called you to do and your family to do because His hand is upon you and His hand is upon you in power in this next season that you're stepping into. But right now, I wonder if we would just, can we raise our hands towards heaven? Holy Spirit, I pray right now that You would just enter into this atmosphere in power, in strength. Holy Spirit, I pray right now for Your glory to enter this room. Father God, I pray right now for Your glory to enter this room. Let's wait. Father God, I pray right now for Your glory to enter this room. Holy Spirit, I pray right now for Your glory, Your tangible presence. Just ask Holy Spirit for His glory right now to fall over your life. Even personally, just say, Holy Spirit, reveal Your glory, reveal Your glory, reveal Your glory. I really feel like that's the word right now. Holy Spirit, reveal Your glory. Holy Spirit, reveal Your glory. Chris and Darren, the glory of God is upon your life. Father God, I pray right now for the, that, that, that Chris and Darren, Lord, I pray right now for the glory of God to fall upon their life in power. I pray, Lord, right now against those things that have been coming against them. I pray, Lord, there's an ease coming in this next season. There's an ease as they walk out of this room. They're in the slipstream of Your anointing, the slipstream of Your mercy, the slipstream of Your grace in Jesus' Name. Can we worship, Ben? Come on, let's raise our hands. Thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. If you'd like to get in contact with us or find out more about Highway Church, go to highway.com.au.